Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. Yes, it's time for another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. I hope you're having a great week. We've had a lot of news breaking at Just the News all week long, and today we're not going to stop that trend. We've got two amazing guests. First up, Congresswoman Maria Salazar. If you have not heard her, she is a dynamo, a tornado on the political horizon every day, a passionate daughter of Cuban immigrants. She's out there on the front lines helping Republicans connect to the Latino community, trying to put the coalition. And as you've been watching, Latinos are peeling away from the Democrats in an extraordinary amount. Glenn Youngkin got over 50% in Virginia. First time that's happened a long time for a Republican. And the latest polls have President Joe Biden at 26% approval rating for Hispanics. That is unbelievably low for any Democrat in American history. Well, Congresswoman Salazar is right there moving the Republican Party to embrace this extraordinary opportunity for growing the big tent of the Republican Party. She obviously represents the Miami area, but she has a vision, a plan, and she's picking up on all the reasons why Latinos are gravitating to the Republican Party. Some of it is cultural. They don't like all this woke stuff. Two, so many Latinos are now small business owners. 34% growth in a decade among Latino small business owners. An amazing opportunity for Republicans who are small business friendly to engage. And finally, this is one you're going to hear her talk about. I know you will because she's straightforward about this. Latinos here legally in America, they do not like an open border. They do not like unchecked illegal immigration. They like an orderly system. They like a small government. They like entrepreneurial firms. They don't want handouts. And that is what the Republican Party's moment of synergy, moment of engagement is. And you're going to hear from the Congresswoman in just a few seconds about what is going on. These are transformational, political, tectonic, plate-shifting 
dynamics going on in America right now. And the Democrats are losing grip on a constituency that's been really, really important. I think you'll hear that from the Congresswoman. And then secondly, we're going to go take a look at something else. There is a massive movement underway from the former CEO of McDonald's to the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, to take the fight over woke corporatism to the boardroom, to the investors, to Wall Street, basically stealing a page out of the liberals' Wall Street playbook from a decade ago, making companies pay when they get involved in places of politics that they don't belong, that don't represent mainstream America. There is a movement underway, and Elaine Parker, Chief Communications Officer for Job Creators Network, is in the right in the driver's seat of this extraordinary movement. They have a boardroom initiative at JCN that has just brought in some of the biggest heavy-hitting CEOs in American history. They have a really big opportunity to highlight government ideas in the states and federalism that are working, that could work for Washington if Washington would just get out of the way of big government and crush that big government addiction they have. So she's going to talk about that. Two amazing guests. You're going to love this. Two really dynamic women on the public policy stage today. Really fun show. You don't need me talking today. We've got two great guests. We're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back. First up, Congresswoman Maria Salazar from Florida. You are going to love what she has to say. She is a tornado of energy. She has a passion, and I think she's pretty upset about what the Biden administration did today by reaching out to the Cuban communist regime and not consulting with the Cuban exile committee in America. I think you'll hear that next, right after this commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY 
at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So proud to uh, to introduce our next guest, Congresswoman Maria Salazar. Her family has the perfect quintessential American story. Her parents emigrated from Cuba, came here. She was a successful journalist, now a successful congresswoman representing the great state of Florida. Congresswoman, great to have you on the show today. My pleasure, and thank you for the opportunity to be talking to all those patriots that listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I know they're eager to hear from you. And what a moment to have you on this morning. <laughs> the Biden administration is reaching out yeah. and, and engaging with the communist regime in Cuba. Tell us your reaction when you hear that. All that your parents went through, they know what this regime's about. Well, yeah, the problem is that, unfortunately, the Democratic administrations have this idea or this illusion that dealing with the Cubans and incorporating them or welcoming them into the international community and sitting them at the table is something that's going to uh, make the Cubans behave better with the Cuban people. And that is not going to happen, and that has not happened. And Obama was the best example that uh, the, the, the Castro regime and his puppets, they only have one thing in mind, to be in the business of power. So right now they're sitting in Washington trying to see how they can extract more concessions so they can have more oxygen and they can stay in power longer. That's all they're doing. Yeah, and so this will benefit them, right? The, the regime's going to benefit from this, but Cuban people aren't going to benefit at all, are they? Well, the Cuban regime wants to release the, the uh, pressure cooker. And they are demanding from the United States to go back to giving 20,000 visas uh, every year so the Cubans can escape because the Cuban regime do not want to feed their people. They want to Miami and New York to feed the Cubans, meaning that they, they, since they are such a failed state, they don't want that, that social pressure in Havana. They would rather export it to the United States. And they are demanding... Probably God knows what else they're going to demand yeah. uh, to open up the embassy, to go back to the Obama years when the when the uh, United States companies could go and invest. You know, we always have to go back to Obama because Obama was the one who proved that my mother and my ancestors were right when they said you cannot negotiate with the devil. And for those who don't remember, Obama was the one who went to Raul and to Fidel Castro. Right. And he said, look, guys, we know that we, the United States, we've been the, the culprit and we have been the evil one here in putting an, an economic embargo around this island for, let's say, the last 50 years. But now me, Barack Obama, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, uh, rectify history. So I want to give you everything in exchange of nothing. And what does everything mean? I'm going to allow for Madonna to go and celebrate her birthday in Havana. I'm going to allow for Mick Jagger. All these things happened, by the way. I'm going to allow Mick Jagger to give the biggest concert that he has ever given to any audience in the streets of Havana. I'm going to allow Chanel to go and do a, a runway modeling uh, show for, for the Cubans. And I'm going to allow Home Depot and uh, what and Marriott and everyone, every American company that wants to go and invest in Cuba is going to be able to do it. 
And you, Raul, aren't you happy with that? (laughs) And then Raul said, well, let me think about it. And let me review those contracts and everything I'm saying in a gestural gestural way is what happened. It really happened that way. No, that's right. It happened. 300 contracts on the, on the desk of Raul from different American companies dying to invest in Havana or in Cuba itself. And then Fidel would say, um, I don't know, this, this green goes, no, 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 maybe their intention is not good. We cannot allow them to, 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 to come and, and just run free through the island. No, 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 no. And then what Obama really thought that was, was a noble gesture turned out to be a fiasco and the Cuban regime spit on his face. Yeah, they did. And that's exactly what Biden did. Yeah. Well, that's what happened because, you know, that was the opportunity for the Castro regime to send a signal to the world that they really wanted to be part of the international community. But they said, nope, we're in the business of power. Don't don't come. I don't I'm not going to give you some of my market share. No, no, just send me your dollars and I'm not going to give you almost anything in exchange. But you do please send me your dollars so I can buy oxygen and I can stay in power longer because then I can finance something called the repressive apparatus, right. which is the one that keeps the Cubans in check. Yeah. That's the story. We funded that. Isn't that crazy? It's just unbelievable. You had a moment a year ago, which I think now we can call a broken promise. You had Secretary Blinken before you and asked him point blank, if you're going to do anything with Cuba, are you going to comply with the Helms-Burton law? And will you consult with my Cuban exile community before you do anything with Cuba? Do you feel let down that he broke that promise today with what he did? Of course. And I knew exactly that they were going to uh, profit from any opportunity to a, for a rapprochement with the, uh, the, the Cuban regime. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. They, wanted, they, they went to knock on their door and said, hey, Kat, hey, Fidel, hey, Raul, look, look, you know, your boys and girls are coming through my southern border and we need to stop that. So this is a fantastic opportunity for me to be able to go back into your house and when we sit together again, let's, let's talk because I really want to talk to you and this is the perfect example or the perfect excuse for me to go talk to you. Please, please come to Washington. Send me one of your boys, meaning one of your spies. Yes. And, uh, and, 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 and I, I really want to negotiate. Why don't we negotiate again? Because it's all ideology. Because I've always said that, unfortunately, the Democratic Party, which is a noble party and has very good people, moderates that I serve with on the floor, people right. that do care about the American values, they could be Democrats. I could be a Republican. It doesn't matter. We're all Americans. The problem is that the Democratic Party has been infiltrated by the neo-Marxists. And the Marxists are atheists and are anti-Semitic. And they are not American. They're Marxists. And that's my fear. And those are the people that unfortunately are surrounding President Biden. And President Biden, I'm sure he served exemplary his country for 35, whatever, 40 years in the Senate. I am sure he's not a Marxist. But he is surrounded by them, and he is following their instructions. We, we saw it today on Cuba, and we saw it in Venezuela, that Juan Gonzalez, who is the National Security, advisor for, uh, National Security Council advisor for Latin America, the first opportunity he had to, to re-encounter with the Maduro regime in Venezuela. He hopped on a plane and he went to Caracas. And he said, here we are. We want to buy your oil. Oh, wait, we forgot. You're not the legitimate president. Yeah. 
Oh, but you're the sitting president. But wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. According to the State Department, we do not recognize you, Mr. Maduro, as the Venezuelan president. It's Mr. Guaido. Oh, but we forgot about Guaido, but we want to deal with you. It's amazing. Everything is ideology, and that's my big fight. I'm not fighting with the Americans, whether they are Democrats or independents. I'm fighting with the neo-Marxists because we know what they bring. Because my ancestors had to still feel the acid on their skin because we know what Marxists do to people. Yes. Look, look at Russians with the Ukrainians. Right. Yep, there's a living example right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Congressman, you said something the other day to one of our reporters, and it got a lot of attention. People were applauding all over the country, and it was a very popular story. You said that Latino voters in America don't want an open border, that the Democratic, the left wing of the Democratic Party is grossly um, overestimating or misunderstanding what Latinos want. Talk a little bit about why that dynamic gets so misinterpreted by the Democratic Party. Because unfortunately, the Democrats have used the Latino community, which is the largest minority in the country, we're almost 23% yeah. of the population. Amazing. And I am one of them because I'm a brown girl from the hood. I'm a Cuban girl from the hood in Little Havana, which is the town that elected me to be their congresswoman in Congress. Right. Uh, we, we are, we, I'm part of that, you know, the Cubans and the Puerto Ricans and the Central Americans and the Nicaraguans and the Hondurans and everyone who's crossing the border because the overwhelming majority of the people who are crossing the southern border are, are brown. But the thing is that we do not want to, we, the Hispanic community, we do not want open borders because the open borders, all it does is that it takes, the urgent takes away from the important. What is important? What are we going to, what is it, what, what is it that we're going to do as a country with those people who have lived here illegally for so many years? That's number one. And number two, we cannot, as a country that respects itself, have open borders for the child sex traffickers to come in, for the coyotes to come in, for the fentanyl, for the, for the, uh, for all these bad hombres who are coming in. And we don't want the bad hombres. We want the good hombres. Right. And the good women. We want those people who have lived here. We have 13, 14 million illegals undocumented, any way you want to call them. People that have in the overwhelming majority, they have contributed with this, with this economy. They have contributed with the with paying taxes and, and having American kids and not committing a crime and crying because they live in the shadows. What I believe that we need to do is seal the border seal the border with the best technology we have and then be able to let them come in uh, in a legal fashion, not abusing the asylum program that we have in place and then giving dignity. I'm not talking citizenship. I'm talking dignity to those 13, whatever million of people who have lived here for more than five years do not have a, uh, a crime, uh, um, a public, uh, um, a, a criminal record. Right. Who have American kids who who cannot go home for Christmas and who have paid their taxes and who are picking up the jalapeno peppers in Southern California or the tomatoes in Homestead or working in the uh, in the, uh, the slaughterhouses in Idaho. Those are the people that are moving the economy because we know and you know that if we don't have those browns on the fields, we are not going to have food by Friday. Yeah. And oh. that's, that's a realization. And when they, they tell me, oh, because the GOP is a bunch of racists. No, we're not racist. We just want to 
legalize those people who are here and we want to seal the border so we can create control, real control, just like everyone else on earth has as a, as a respectable country. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? The Democrats disconnect with Latino voters is so, uh, so severe now that there was just a poll out. Uh, I think President Biden's approval rating was down to 26 percent among Hispanic Americans. Do you think at some point they get the message or are they just going to drive off this cliff because ideology is driving Well, them? you know, the, the one who has to get the message is the GOP. Yep. The GOP, Great my point. party, the Republicans who are listening to me, this is the moment to send that message to the Browns and tell them, hey, guys, welcome into the tent. Welcome into the party. Welcome home. You guys, you may not speak the language. You may not sound or look or smell like me. But, you know, you are American and you want to contribute. And, you know, you Browns, you are not Marxists. You are not socialists. You want to enjoy. They actually fled socialism in many cases, right? Yeah. Say that again? They actually fled. I mean, many of the immigrants here fled socialism. That's why they came to America. They fled big government and and corrupt politicians. Why do you think they crossed that river? That's right. Or they crossed five countries to come to a place where they do not know the language, where they do not know anyone, where they know they're going to be beaten because sometimes they don't get paid because people know that they are illegals and then you don't necessarily have to pay them after they work, which I think is very humane and unchristian. And then that's why I want to give them dignity, not citizenship, dignity, which is the dignity law that I have presented in February to Nancy, I put it in the hopper, yep. and now my Republican Party is understanding that this is the moment to welcome the Browns into the GOP. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to win elections forever and ever. Amen. Wow, it's a there is a lot of a kinetic energy around that opportunity right now. Um, one of the one of the most amazing things is the size of the growing small business community. Latino small business community is booming. Uh, that is another great opportunity because they're all entrepreneurs, they're all innovators, they're all growing our economy. What can Republicans do to intersect with the small business community in Hispanic America? Well, exactly what I said. Send the message yep. that we welcome them into the party, that we want them to vote with us. So then they feel that they are part of the system and they are they are they're reaping the benefits of the promised land. Yeah, such because an important when, message. when I have you know, I, I represent the city of Miami. I seventy five percent of my my constituents are browns. Most of them are not even born here, but don't they love America? They do. And then when you go to 8th Street, which is, you know, the center of the Hondurians and the Nicaraguans, and they show me their laundry mat that they put together with two or three washing machines or their little flower shop or the little coffee shop. They're so proud. They clean the floors. They clean the walls. Then we're never going to be able to have that in Peru or in Central America or Nicaragua and Honduras. No, because the system is against them. In this country, the system is for you. That's you amazing. open up your little, uh, you know, you go on the internet and you go to Sunbiz and then you open your little uh, coffee, Rosa's Coffee Shop, Inc. Oh, <laughs> Rosa has the coffee shop. 
And then she goes and she pays the $75 in Tallahassee. And now she has, she has an ink. She has the company. And she has two employees, her and her daughter. Oh my God. And they're selling coffee and little pastelitos. We try these pastries that we eat that are really dietetic in the morning. And then my God, she's (laughs) selling those pastelitos and she's selling that coffee. And she opens from seven to seven, Sunday to Sunday. Oh, and she is an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's that's who you're talking about. And yeah. I know them. And they don't speak English. No, they put their daughter who goes to school to translate when she has to go to the um, to the attorney or to the accountant so she can do her taxes because she's very proud to do her taxes yes. and her uh, income tax return. And she has to sign it. And then you have the children translating. But they are part of the promised land and they're so proud. Do you think that those people are socialists? Not at all. No, Not one bit. We need to. And then we got to tell them, hey, Rosa, by the way, hey, you speak English, Anna, I'm un poquito. No problem. Republican. <laughs> GOP. Those are the people who are giving you the platform for you to stay and prosper and go from one coffee shop to five. Uh, oh, I know many. I mean, I know. How many stories don't I know that sound and look like that? People that are multimillionaires and they, they need uh, attorneys and translators right. because they hardly speak the language, but you know, they understood the system. Yeah, they've embraced the promise of America. And long live the Yankees. And that do not, when I say that, they go, yeah. <laughs> Isn't long that amazing? Live yeah. the Yankees. Isn't that amazing? I know well, how busy you are. I just want to ask one last question because <laughs> you have, you get universal praise in Congress for this extraordinary work you've been doing to prepare businesses and small businesses for the yeah. cyber threat. Uh, everybody I talked to has been saying, you got to see what Maria Salazar is doing. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. This is really transformational work in the cybersecurity space. Listen, all I am doing is trying to modify the SBA, which is the instrument that we as small, as small business in this country has. I love my committee. We have different initiatives, but the, the main and only goal is to help that lady that I explained to you about or John, or John Smith in Idaho or in Iowa. He wants the same little coffee shop. He That's may right. not be selling pastelitos, but he may be <laughs> selling, let's what, donuts. Right. Donuts to the people in Iowa, in his district. And he may learn English, and, but maybe he didn't finish high school, but it doesn't matter. He knows that the system is going to help him if he works hard. No government handouts. No, no, no. Government helps you if you have your disabled, if you have a problem. Of course, we're going to be there for you for a little while until you get back on your feet and go back to work and, and be proud because that's something else that's happening with the neo-Marxists yep. that they want to own you they do. because like, you're a Fidel. If I own you and then I'm the only shop in town, yep. then you, I got to tell you what you're going to do. But then Joe doesn't want anyone to tell him and, and you, you live your own life and you pursued your own happiness in any way, shape or form that you see fit. Don't, no government tell me anything. That so that's what small business does. It empowers the small business entrepreneur for them to grow and for them to work more, including Saturday and Sunday, and then have more shops. And then we're going to give you more loans so you can expand until you are, you, until you don't need our help anymore and you're on your own and you're helping the promised land. 
It is an amazing dynamic and your inspiration. And you are such an inspirational voice for all of America. But I think what you're doing right now is you're creating a lot of synergy in the Republican Party to embrace something that's been sitting right in front of them for a long time. But I think you found a moment where all of this is going to come together. It's going to be very fun to watch the November election and see if these things happen the way we think they are. May the Lord Almighty help us. <laughs> Amen so for this that. This is a very big ideological war and we're going to win it. Thank you for your time. Oh, Congresswoman, it was an honor to have you on today. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, see you soon. Uh, okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about small business with the Chief Communications Officer of the great group, Job Creators Network, right after this. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We've been talking about the extraordinary pushback in America against woke corporations. And one of the leading forces in that right now on, on many things, in fact, on inflation, on, 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 uh, on uh, illegal mandates, is the wonderful folks at the Job Creators Network. And joining me right now is their chief communications officer. We've had her on the show many times before, and she always lights it up. We always learn something very important. And let me, please welcome Elaine Parker. Elaine, great to have you on. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me. 
we are, oh, I was going through the site the other day and I realized how often now Job Creators Network comes up in the news. You guys are involved in so many things and there was a big one yesterday. And I'm gonna start here because this is a momentous uh, announcement. The former uh, CEO of McDonald's and others are partnering with Job Creators Network to go after these woke corporations and have them sort of feel the pain of many Americans don't agree with them being involved in politics. What's behind that? And are you guys stealing a page from the left, from the old Wall Street movement maybe a decade ago? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you might be right there. Um, so we created a coalition of groups called the Boardroom Initiative. And it's a coalition of pro-free enterprise organizations. And we're going to fight back against all this woke capitalism in all of its forms. And, and the reason why is because we've got to protect our shareholders, the employees, customers, and the community from its overall spread. And we're going to do this through a variety of ways. Now, these are groups that have been working kind of independently, but we decided to join forces um, and capitalize uh, on all of our strengths. And so we're going to, we're going to fight back on these um, woke corporations and these woke boards um, through sh filing shareholder proposals, advancing viewpoint diversity on corporate boards, and utilizing digital channels just to spread the awareness of our mission. Because all of this is kind of happening, you know, below the radar. But we're it we're is. starting to see it. We're starting to see it bubble up with some of the big headlines, um, like uh, the things that are happening in Florida with um, Walt Disney World. Um, and, and other companies, um, I know last year, Major League Baseball, um, when they pulled out of um, Georgia and took the MLB game to Denver, you know, that was the result of kind of that, that woke crowd um, coming out and, and companies like Delta and Coca-Cola speaking out on policies that don't impact their companies. This is social engineering. These are issues that they shouldn't be getting involved in because if they're going to weigh into some issues, they're going to be expected to weigh into all issues. And, and you, by staying silent, that is taking a position. So the best thing they can do is never get involved in this stuff. And, and the reality is it, it, they have a responsibility to their shareholders to produce um, profit and value for the company. And if those shareholders choose to take their profits from the shares that they own and invest in social engineering things and, and issues like what's happening in Florida and what happened in Georgia, if they have, if they want to do that personally with their own funds, that's fine. But to see these companies take shareholder funds and invest time and effort and hurt the, sh the, share the shareholder price, what you got to remember is it's not just a bunch of rich guys on Wall Street investing no. in these companies. Yep. Our four hundred one ks. Yep. Every Everyone's retirement is sitting there now. Yes. Yeah. All of our retirement. Have you looked at the Disney stock since the passage of the law in Florida? It has tanked. Yeah. Think about how those retirees feel as they watch their, their shares of this company that they love, who has been you know part of all of our lives for fifty years bringing joy and entertainment to our families. And suddenly we're talking about something that has nothing to do with their company. They're supposed to be the happiest place on earth. And it's not the happiest place if you are looking at your shares of Disney stock go down and down and down. So the Job Creators Network Foundation and Second Vote Advisors and the Free Enterprise Project have teamed up to push back on all of these efforts 
And our first um, initiative is to submit a shareholder proposal at next week's Bank of America annual meeting um, calling for a civil rights audit of the diversity policies at the company to ensure that no race or gender groups are being excluded in the name of equity or anti-racism. Yeah, such an important movement. And you're right that uh, you, you see this with Twitter and the, the stock volatility there and the number of people that peeled off of Twitter after their censorship policies. These woke uh, movements end up reducing not only the value of the company, but the participation of customers. I think people just want the companies focus on your core business. If you deliver goods, deliver goods. If you deliver services, stay out of politics. Do you think there's a moment of wrecking? Do you think people are looking at Twitter and Disney right now saying, oh, my God, I don't want that. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to take the lesson and not not play um, uh, Russian roulette anymore. Do you think it takes just a couple of companies, stock and investors revolt to um, uh, to send a message to all companies, you think? You know, I hope so, because um, certainly Twitter and Disney have gotten a tremendous amount of blowback. And, you know, just last night, the the Florida um, the Senate voted to um, take away their special Disney special governance um, that they've had for, you know, decades at this point. And, you know, it just, I just don't think it should come down to this again, like Disney's core business is is what they should focus on. And, and that's what they should be focused on. And and like I said, if, if the shareholders of that company or, um, or other people want to take on some of these social issues, that's their personal business. But Disney's core responsibility is to deliver a product to the public that increases the value of the company to its shareholders. That's it. Yeah, it's a simple thing, and it's worked well for 100 years, and uh, it seems like uh, too many companies got off track recently. You've got another amazing project that has been catching attention. In fact, I was talking to Governor Nome in uh, uh, South Dakota, and she mentioned it. Uh, you have launched at Job Creators Network the Great Opportunity Project, showcasing the best state eco- economic policies nationwide, celebrating success. A lot of times, politics and, and policies focused on the failures. You guys are starting to showcase these remarkable successes. Talk a little bit about what the Great Opportunity Project is aiming to do. John, I, I'm so excited about this project, um, especially coming out of this pandemic after the last two years, because you can literally put a map on the wall and look at what states are doing well and prospering and what states aren't. And it's clearly a result of how the gov- these conservative governors have led these um, states and, and figured out how to how to balance the health and safety of their citizens throughout the pandemic with the health of their economies, which was very important to, of course, no loss of life. You know, we don't ever want to have anybody have a loss of life, but we also had to look at the loss of our economies and people being able to pay their bills and feed their families throughout the last two years. And we want to take those state successes and nationalize those messages, nationalize those policies and highlight them because while you've got states like Arizona and Georgia and other states like that right. that are cutting taxes and cutting regulations for their citizens, you've got the federal government constantly um, working on increasing our taxes, increasing our inflation, um, trying to um, create more reckless spending programs, trying to repackage the build back better into something that looks better and better and better. And it continues to look worse and worse and worse. 
Um, it's just, it's simply just, it's almost like a hot potato now. It's like, how fast can you get rid of it, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but, but we want to help spread that message and educate Americans that conservative policies that allow people to keep more of their own hard-earned money in their own pockets and spend it the way they want to allow small businesses to grow and thrive is how it, it, it equates to prosperity. And we want to help people understand that these are the types of policies that help people. These, this is the type of leadership that we need. And I think that Washington could take um, a, a lesson or two from some of these governors. Oh, without a doubt. There's no doubt about it. And, and it's, it's interesting. I think people are craving positive examples of things that work. They hear too much about negativity in the, in the world. And there's clearly a contrast. I mean, the economies of the blue and red states are performing vastly different. And I think there's a, but I think celebrating successes and, and giving people role models and, and concepts that worked, I think people are craving that after all these years of failure. And uh, I get the sense that this, this project's going to really, uh, really take off. Something else that's taking off that I, and I think you've been one of the most eloquent voices. You personally have been. Uh, we were told inflation was temporary. Biden inflation is here to stay long term. It was never going to be temporary and transitory. I remember talking to you last year and to Alfredo and both you guys were warning that the signs are this is not temporary. This is a big, big trend that's getting out of control. But they're leaving behind middle class Joe, the guy who said he was running for minorities and working poor and, and uh, the middle class has seemed to put women and minorities in the middle class in a worse spot with inflation. Talk how those constituencies, the ones that actually put them in office, are falling further behind in this economy. Yeah, so um, there's certainly a lot to cheer. It was a lot to cheer about and acknowledge that the last jobs report was a good report. We had 430,000 jobs in the month of March return. They were not created. We are still 1.6 million jobs down from our pre-pandemic levels. So we're still fighting to get back to baseline. And I know that the administration and the president continues to brag about creating the most jobs ever in the first year of an administration. These jobs are returning and they're returning because the economy is opening up. They are returning in spite of, of the economic policies coming out of this White House. Um, but in actuality, this recovery could be a lot stronger because if we dig down into the um, Bureau of Labor Statistics and we're kind of a nerdy group that does stuff like that. But yeah. there are actually one million fewer women that are working today wow. than compared to the pandemic. And on the flip side of the coin, men have surpassed the pre-pandemic employment levels. So the labor force participation rates um, also mirror the dichotomy between men and women. So women are clearly lagging um, behind um, the labor force compared to men. And as, and, and as we all know, um, we have seen, you know, a greatly improved sort of the outdated gender roles right. that, that for years kind of were, were a, a weight around women's neck. But whenever the economy starts to slide, it is women who fall the farthest behind. Um, and so, you know, during the first three months of the pandemic, it, it, when we look at the numbers, both genders shed a, a record number of jobs um, as the economy came to a screeching halt. But women, even though they held a smaller number of jobs to begin with than men, lost 1.5 million more jobs than men. So hurt worse. So you think about kids being out of school, you know, and, and other issues that would affect women greater than men. Um, and it's still, um, women are struggling to catch up 
um, in this economy, even as, as it's coming back. That's amazing. It, um, I, I, I had not heard that statistic uh, on uh, one million women staying out of the uh, workplace after uh, after COVID. That is a stunning number, and it's not one that you hear ever talked about in in the mainstream press. How bad is inflation as a tax? You guys are one of the first to really call inflation what it is. It's a hidden tax on when the government spends lots of money and drives down the value of the dollar and drives up inflation. It's basically a direct tax on us. How bad is it right now compared to uh, what it could have been? So it is the most painful tax for um, middle class and the poor. It hurts them the most. Um, and it, it is in, in, and not only that, um, the, the numbers that came out last month for the consumer price index yeah. is eight and a half percent. So you think about what pe- people are feeling in inflation, eight and a half percent over last year um, is an incredible um, weight around all of our necks in, in paying more. But you also look at, um, you know, again, the administration continues to brag about um, rising wages. So wages are rising very fast, five and a half percent, because there's a labor shortage, right? But even though they're they're going up very quickly, they're not keeping up with inflation. So essentially, people are getting a pay cut. Um, And you you think about what the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 that was passed under the Trump administration did for people uh, um, uh, across every demographic. I mean, in 2019, Real medium income rose by 7.9% for black households, 7.1% for Hispanics, 10.6% for Asian Americans, and 5.7% for whites. I mean, these are these these numbers represent record increases and record absolute rates. Um, but under the Biden administration, because of this inflation, people are actually getting a pay cut as a result of this rising inflation and the reckless spending. And their solution continues to be more reckless spending. And, you know, people are paying more for energy. Gas is up almost 50%. Electricity is up 11%. Used cars. I have friends that can trade their, their car, their used car in for more than they paid for it a year later. Wow. Think about that for a second. Yeah, you can get more money for, yes, it's crazy. Yep. And, and people just can't keep up with the price. And then you look at the, um, producer price index, which is um, the cost that um, businesses are paying for their goods, it's over 11%. So we have a small business owner in West Palm Beach who owns a restaurant and uh, a Cuban restaurant, and um, they make, of course, one of my favorite drinks, mojitos. Um, <laughs> and what goes what goes in a mojito but limes? Yeah. So just to give you an example of a small restaurant increase in cost, she used to buy crates of limes for $30 a crate. They have tripled in cost to the point where she's not using limes in her mojitos. She's using uh, lemons. Um, so not so good tasting uh, mojitos, but she, she just can't pass those costs on to her customers. She can't triple the price of her mojitos or no one's going to buy them. No, right. She can be out of business. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's just amazing. What is it that Main Street needs right now? Uh, small businesses are the economic engine, and as Main Street goes, the rest of the country goes. We've seen that through good times and bad times. They, it is the leading indicator of where our economy is going. 
what do small businesses need right now with all these things? We're t- I'm hearing about a food crisis in the offing. Uh, we've got gas prices way up, inflation off the off the chart, uh, crime border. What, what's what do these uh, small businesses need to get back on its feet and get this economy back in a good position? Well, we certainly um, are highlighting what these governors are doing in the states from from cutting taxes. Um, which we've been asking, and we sent a letter to the administration on Monday, the 18th, um, which was, you know, tax day. In case you haven't filed, John, tax day has passed us. <laughs> oh, I um, filed. I, I definitely <laughs> paid my share. I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> we um, we sent a letter to the administration because, you know, they continue to put forth policies that threaten yeah. to roll back the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Right. And, you know, you may not know this, but the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed under reconciliation. So it is set to expire in 2025. Yeah, that's a scary so you're thing, you're talking about yeah, A lot of people massive. don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. So we sent, we sent a letter and we're calling for the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act to be, be made permanent. Um, and, you know, like I said, this tax increase in 2025 Nobody has to do anything. There's no legislation that has to be passed. No president has to sign an executive order. It is going to happen unless somebody stops it. Mm. Um, And that's by making them permanent. And all you have to do is look at the pre-pandemic employment numbers, jobs numbers, um, even the tax revenue that came into the government and see that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was a huge boon for this country. It gave us the greatest economy we had seen in half a century. So um, there's no reason why we shouldn't make the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act permanent, um, except for, of course, you know the answer, political reasons. Yeah, politics is getting in the way. And uh, it seems like for Democrats, anything that was Trump, even if it was good, it's worth destroying just because it was Trump. And boy, the people that are going to pay for that are the the frontline businesses. I have one last question, because as I've been talking to a lot of small business owners in the last six months and had a chance to travel around, a lot of people are saying they, uh, but small business owners, they really like what's going on in Iowa. That Kim Reynolds with her flat tax, income tax has brought down rates and that small businesses are going to be the biggest winner because small business owners often pay their corporate taxes through their individual taxes. They're basically, you know, their LLCs and uh, pass-throughs. And so uh, is there a model in Iowa or is there somewhere else that you're looking at saying, you know, they've got it right for these small businesses in America? Yeah, I mean, certainly Kim Reynolds um, in Iowa has done incredible things for her state. Um, She reduced the top tax rate on individuals from 8.5% to 3.9%. She also reduced the corporate tax rate from 9.8% to 5.8%, which just, you know, kind of set the state off. So, again, Iowa is another state that you can look at and highlight how well they're doing, but they're doing it as a result of the leadership of that state. Um, And you've got other states, you know, you've got, um, uh, you know, about 13 states that have actually cut taxes um, for for their constituents. Um, And and that is why these states are thriving and doing very well. With the Great Opportunity Project is we want to highlight those successes. Yeah, that was such an important thing, and and uh, you know, uh, I follow your Twitter feed often, and you're, you're always you're always pointing people towards the best examples of success in America. I think that's really a great thing. How do people stay in touch with what you do personally, what the Job Creators Network does? What's the best way for them to get involved and in, in stay in touch with Main Street America? They can go to jobcreatorsnetwork.com and and join the organization. Um, they can, and then they'll get our weekly newsletters and our. Um, our uh, news alerts as well. If they want to check out the Great Opportunity Project, 
it is the the greatopportunityproject.com. Don't forget the the. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. We have that in just the news. We have to remind people all the time. Uh, and then how do they stay in touch with the board, uh, the boardroom movement too, which I find interesting. Is there a different side or is that through job creators? It is called the boardroominitiative.com. Yeah. Wow, three amazing things. Now I know why uh, when I open up uh, Just the News, I see uh, Job Creators Network everywhere. You guys are involved in so many of the most important movements of today. Elaine, it's always an honor to have you on. I always enjoy the conversation, and uh, I know we're going to get you on soon because this economy needs a lot more wisdom in the next few months. Thanks, John. It's a, it's a fight that we're all fighting, and, and uh, we appreciate the time um, to talk to your listeners. Yeah, it's a great, great conversation. We really enjoy it. We always enjoy what Job Creators Network is up to. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining. And oh, man, what a day. I'm exhausted. Those two interviews were exhausting. They were so full of important information, of energy, of opportunity, of initiative, of innovation. When you see what Elaine Parker is doing in the small business community with my good friend Alfredo Ortiz, you get a sense that Main Street America is taking its destiny into its own hand. It's no longer taking big government and accepting what it has to do. It's fighting back and trying to make the innovative cycle in America healthy again, good again. And that's one of the things they're doing. And of course, Congresswoman Maria Salazar, boy, did she open our eyes about what's going on, what Latinos really, really want in America. Such a disconnect between the elitists in Washington and the real people of America. And of course, the Congresswoman had some very sharp words for what the Biden administration has done today in its engagement with Cuba while ignoring the Cuban exile community and breaking a promise she believed Secretary of State Blinken made to her more than a year ago. March 2021, I think, is when that promise was made. Very big stuff she's talking about. And keep in mind, I think of all the things she said, keep in mind about this. This is the biggest warning harbinger sign that Democrats are blindly ignoring. She said clearly, Latino voters in America, those who are here legally, those who came into this country the proper way, they do not want an open border. They do not want lawlessness and disorder. They do not want big government handouts. They do not want socialism. They do not want the Marxism that is surrounding this president. That's what she said. They're miscalculating on every front. And this election, the November election, is the one that's going to expose that rift between the traditional Hispanic 
constituency of the Democratic Party and the new Hispanic constituency that is now gravitating towards, yep, you got it, the Republican Party. That dynamic is in every poll. When you talk to people on the ground, when you talk to Latino business owners, when you talk to Latino moms who don't want their children being subjected to some of the crazy stuff being taught in schools, there is a tectonic plate shifting moment in American politics going on. I think a lot of people are not dialed into just how significant that is. You got that straight from Congresswoman Salazar today. How lucky were we? All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I really love the interviews when we could just sit down and have a conversation. It doesn't get any better than that. And I really want to thank everyone for sticking with us. We went a little long today, but two amazing guests, and I'm really grateful for that. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to have another couple of great guests. Cash Patel is going to join us. We're going to make sense of all the recent Durham filings for you. Big news big strategy. This trial that starts next month for Mr. Sussman, Michael Sussman, the former Clinton campaign lawyer. Wow, it's going to be a blockbuster. It's certainly setting up to be that way. The Democrats are trying to slow it down. They're trying to block some evidence from coming to light. We're going to explain why, what it is, and what could be happening behind the scenes with Cash Patel tomorrow. And then we're going to finish out our week with one of America's really extraordinary crisis communicators. Really, he's just a professional communicator. Dan Renee is with us. He has advised presidents, corporations, political figures up and down the ticket. And he has a lot of thoughts about the state of free speech, about communication, what Joe Biden's doing right and wrong, what Donald Trump's doing right and wrong. It's going to be a fun conversation to learn from someone whose job it is to effectively communicate messaging in America. I thought you'd enjoy that, particularly in an era where so many messages are being captured, are being thwarted, are being censored by this big tech world. He has a lot to say about that. And also, what can be done to break the blockade of information that the elitists have created in America? So un-American, that is. Dan's going to open our eyes. So a great show tomorrow. Buckle up. Get ready. We're going to have a great week the rest of this week. I can't wait. All right, folks, that wraps it up. We'll have another edition tomorrow. And we'll have a special edition on Sunday, giving you the best of the TV interviews we did this week with Amanda. So a busy few days still ahead. No time to rest, a lot of time to learn and to get some great factual information. Again, big thanks to Congresswoman Salazar, to Elaine Parker, two amazing women on the forefront of policy, of trying to make a difference, of trying to realign the political system here in Washington and across this great country great interviews today. I'm so grateful to do them. Have a great night. God bless you. We'll be back tomorrow. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe 
from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.